Good evening. Scripture reading this evening will be from John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. John chapter 8, 31 and 32. In the Red Pew Bible, that's 894. 894. John chapter 8, verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's good to see you this evening. Hope you've had a good day. If you want to, go ahead and open your Bibles, if you haven't already done so, to John chapter 8. Jesus talking about the truth. There are a lot of things that are valuable in this world, but there's nothing more valuable than truth. Sometimes I wish that there were a button that you could just push. And when it comes to any subject, whether it be politics or whether it be, um, you know, wars and rumors of wars or whether it just be what's going on with my dishwasher, somebody tell me the truth. I want to know what's true about this so that I can understand the problem, so that I can know what I need to do, how to respond to the situations or the challenges that confront me. And Jesus says in John chapter eight, there are a lot of things that are true about him that people need to acknowledge. In fact, if you're looking at John chapter eight, you just might call this chapter truths in the temple. Jesus goes into the temple and he starts talking to his Jewish brethren and he talks to them about who he is. And Jesus was far more than just a man. Jesus is God in the flesh. He is different from anybody who has ever lived. And he says some things as you look at John 8. For example, in John 8 verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. If you have questions about anything, Jesus has the answers. He knows because he knows everything. He's the light of the world and everything he ever says is always true. Later in this chapter, he tells his, his uh, Jewish friends and brethren, he says, the father who sent me bears witness of me in verse 18. What he means by that is, I have come to do the mission that God sent me for. I've come to save the world from sin. I've come to be the light of the world. And the father who sent me, he bears witness of me. He not only confirms that Jesus is the Messiah by the miracles that he performs, but also by the many different wonders and signs that happen in connection with his coming into this world and his earthly ministry. In John chapter eight, verse 23, Jesus tells people, you are from below, I am from above. I've come from heaven and I've come to save people. I've come to reveal things that are true about what's wrong with this world and how things can be made right. I'm from above. Again, in John chapter eight, verse 23, he goes on and says, you are of this world, I am not of this world. When Jesus talked, he said some things that are true, but they are very different from anything anyone else could ever say. You and I are from this world. Jesus says, I'm not. I've come from heaven and I've come to do my Father's will. These are truths in the temple. And then when you get down to verses 31 and 32 in John chapter eight, he says, in John 8 verse 31, the passage Michael read just a moment ago, 
He said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus came to tell the truth and everything he spoke about, whether it be the way we ought to conduct ourselves in as parents in the home or the way we ought to conduct ourselves as spouses in the home, Jesus told the truth about those things. When it comes to what's going to happen at the end of time, Jesus told the truth about those things. When it comes to what must I do to be saved and how can I be in a right relationship with God, Jesus told the truth over and over and over. Everything he said is true. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I want us to think about that concept for just a few moments tonight. The idea that it's possible to know what's true and what's real, and the fact that when we know what's true and we know what's right, we can be set free by the power of Jesus through his truth. Think about this tonight. In the first place, freedom is the blessing that Jesus is intending for us here in John chapter eight. Freedom is a blessing. It's a blessing that people have appreciated for centuries. Young people, they look forward to the day, at least they used to, they look forward to the day when they will get their driver's license and they'll be free. They can go where they want to go. People who are in prison, they look forward to the time when their sentence will be finished and they'll be set free. It's a blessing to be looked forward to. People who are in bondage in various places around the world, they long for freedom. Even in our own country, the pilgrims who originally came to this country, they came because they wanted freedom. They wanted to be able to practice religion the way that they thought it needed to be practiced. They wanted freedom. Freedom is and always has been necessary for human flourishing. It's a blessing. It's the way God designed us. And Jesus is saying, you can be made free. Because of what I've come to do, Jesus says, you can have real, genuine, lasting freedom. I will give that to you if you'll come to me and be my disciples. When we think about freedom, we might think about it from two perspectives. There is such a thing as freedom of the body, the ability to travel, the ability to walk around, to not be incarcerated in bondage, in chains in one place, to be able to go where you wanna go freedom of the body. And then we might speak of freedom of the soul, the ability to think about what I choose to do and to make those choices. Let me illustrate this for just a moment. Pontius Pilate, when Jesus was on trial, Pilate had freedom of the body. He could go wherever he wanted to go, but Pilate did not have freedom of the spirit or freedom of the soul. Pilate wanted to release Jesus, the Bible says, but he could not do it because the crowds would not let him. The crowd said, crucify him, crucify him. We don't want this man to be released. Give us Barabbas instead, as was just read a few moments ago by Brother Jeff. Pilate had freedom of body, but not freedom of soul because he cared what people thought and the truth lost out on that day. On the other hand, Paul, the apostle, on many occasions in his ministry was in prison. He did not have freedom of body, but nobody could chain the gospel when it came to Paul. Wherever he was in whatever prison situation he found himself, he was writing, he was encouraging, he was teaching the people that were with him in the prison. He was constantly free in his spirit because of the fact that he belonged to Jesus Christ. 
The blessing that Jesus promises is the truth will make you free. And as you look at the New Testament, this promise is given over and over again. Jesus said on the time when he was announcing his ministry to the world, he said, I have come to set captives free. That's one of my missions in this world. I've come to set people who are in bondage and to release them. In Galatians 5 verse 1, the Bible says, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Do not be entangled again in a yoke of bondage. A lot of people allow themselves to be brought captive to the things of this world and to people's opinions and people's ideas and people's rules. And Galatians is saying, all you need to do is obey the gospel. You are free in Christ. Listen to God's word. Do what he says. And don't be entangled in a bondage that comes from men and their rules and their regulations. Again, John chapter 8, verse 36. If you look at John chapter 8, notice Jesus says, if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus promises freedom to people who are in bondage to lies. Let's talk secondly this evening about not only the blessing, but the medium. By what means will Jesus set people free? As you look at John 8, 32, it is by the truth. I started out this lesson by saying, I wish that there were just a button that you could push and it would give you the truth on any subject, any time, any place, any question you had, just give me the truth. By the way, the internet won't do that for you. Wikipedia won't do that for you. As much as, as, much as we like to think, I, I just want to find out the truth about this. Sometimes, in fact, very frequently, the things that we read, and the things that we see are actually not the truth. I wish there were a way that we could just know immediately. Jesus says, this is the medium by which I'm going to set you free. I'm going to give you some things that are true. I'm going to tell you some things that you really need to know about yourself, about the world, and about God. When we think about the medium by which truth sets us free, there used to be years and years ago, epidemics of diseases like polio and smallpox, yellow fever. Those diseases used to exist in our country. And it wasn't until someone learned the truth about how to treat those diseases by learning the truth about what makes those diseases work the way they do, They were able to develop vaccines, develop a cure, and they were able to heal people and keep them from getting and contracting these diseases. And so people grow up in a world now where we don't really worry so much about contracting polio or yellow fever because somebody learned the truth and the truth has set us free from that. Centuries ago, actually not even centuries ago, just decades ago, People had to work really, really hard. You didn't have options about where you were going to go to college because existence had to do with you were going to be a farmer like your father was a farmer and like his father was a farmer and the man before him was a farmer and that was what you were going to do. You were going to spend your life laboring and doing difficult tasks until... Somebody learned the truth about agricultural productivity and about about machinery and equipment and they've made a lot of those things a lot easier to conduct and and to do so that our society has allowed people to be more free from some of those difficult kinds of labor. Truth sets people free. Again, there would never be another war in this world if we could just hit a button and we could learn all the truth on both sides of the story about what's going on in a given conflict. 
If we could just find out everything that's being said and everything that's being done in back rooms and places that we don't ever get to see, if we could just find those things out, people would realize, and if people knew and understood the truth about what war really is and what it really involves, there would be freedom from war. If we could just know the truth, if we could just not be led astray by deceptive practices. Jesus says the truth can set you free. That's the principle, it's the medium by which he sets us free. Now, Jesus is concerned about disease and he's concerned about labor and he's concerned even about wars and things that go on in this world. But the real concern, the real focus that Jesus came to help us with is freedom from the bondage of sin. Because when Jesus looks at this world and he makes an assessment of what's wrong with this world, things like war, yes, that's a problem. Things like disease, yes, tremendous problem. God is sympathetic to those things and God blesses people in many ways to be able to free, be free from many of those things. But the real problem with this world is the fact that we have sin in our lives. And sin is the problem that we are going to take with us when we die. Listen to me again, sin is the one problem that you will take with you when you leave this life. And Jesus says, I have come that you might have freedom. I've come to tell you the truth so that you can have freedom in your life. The truth will set you free. And what Jesus has done for us is he's written his word in a book, we call it the Bible. And in this book, Jesus tells us about who we are and what's wrong with this world and what's wrong with us and how we could be made right. In fact, let me illustrate. We call the New Testament, we call it the gospel. And the Bible says that the gospel is able to tell us what sin really is. You know, we tend to think of sin as something that other people do. And we tend to think of sin as being something that we are angry about personally. But the things that don't make us angry and the things that we kind of choose to do and enjoy doing, we don't really classify those as sin. But the Bible tells us many of the things we choose to do are a violation of God's word. He says, sin is unrighteousness. Sin is lawlessness. First John three, verse four, first John five, verse 17. It's to walk out of step with God. And not only that, but the gospel helps us to be free by revealing how sin works. It says that we are led astray when we are enticed by our own desires. We see something and we really, really want it. We know it's wrong, we know it's evil, but our hearts really, really want it. And eventually we do what we know is wrong. And the Bible says, sin when it is full grown brings forth death, James 1 verses 13 through 15. The gospel sets us free by telling us what sin is, by revealing how it works, by revealing its consequences, by telling us where it leads. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. Separation from God. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What would a man give in exchange for his soul? Mark 8, 36 and 37. The gospel reveals the consequences of sin. It tells us what happens to people who are guilty of sin. And the gospel, it reveals a savior. You know why we ought to be glad that Jesus came to this world? Because Jesus sets people free from sin. 
by virtue of what he did at the cross. Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel reveals a savior. We see Jesus, Hebrews chapter two, verse nine. We see him, he's our savior. He's the one who can help us out of sin. So the blessing is freedom from sin. Jesus promises, if you know me, and if you abide in my truth, I will set you free. Free from what, Jesus? Free from sin, from the guilt of sin, from the consequences of sin. Jesus provides forgiveness for us. The truth is the medium by which he does this. And then finally, as you think about this passage, the key is obedience. If you're still looking at John chapter eight, look at verse 31. If you abide in my truth, you will be my disciples indeed. You know, if we have a disease and we go to the doctor and we say, doctor, I've got this terrible disease and the doctor writes a prescription, he says, oh, we know exactly how to treat this. We, we have all the information necessary. You just need to go down and get this prescription filled and take it so many times and you will be cured. What happens to you, what happens to me if I refuse to take the prescription? The sin remains, the, I mean, the disease remains, doesn't it? And the same thing is true of sin. What Jesus is saying to us is, the truth will set you free, but you've got to obey the truth. You've got to do what it says. You've got to obey God so that you can be set free from sin. Apply the cure to your life. The scripture says that when we read the New Testament, when we read the words of God, that we are to obey from the heart. Not just going through the motions, not just making an outward show, but genuinely, sincerely from our hearts, looking at God's word and saying, God, whatever you have commanded me, I want to do. I want to please you, Romans 6 verse 17. The Bible tells us that when we obey the truth, 1 Peter 1 verse 22, that it purifies our souls. Think about that. You've purified your souls through obedience to the truth because Jesus died for you on the cross. And when you accept that gift, there is cleansing, there is hope, there is renewal, there is freedom to be found in Jesus Christ. Obedience has to do with obeying in faith. When we obey God's word, we are taking it on faith. We are believing that the promises God makes and the words that God has given us are true. And we're saying, God, I believe these words are right. I believe they're true. And if I'll just do what you say, by faith, I believe that you will do what you promise. Galatians 5 verse 6 tells us that we have a faith that works through love. And in James 2.26, the Bible tells us that faith without works is dead. The key to cleansing and freedom is obedience to God and to his word. If we fail to obey, if we do not listen to the truth, the scripture tells us we're still in our sin. In 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 8, the Bible describes those who do not obey the gospel as those who are lost, they're still in their sins. The key to being free in Christ is to do what he says. But the promise is this, brothers and sisters and friends, Jesus has told the truth. 
He's told us the truth about ourselves and how God sees us. And he's told us about what God wants us to do with our lives. And the question that you and I have to answer is simply this. Am I going to obey? Am I going to listen to the truth as it's been given to me by Jesus Christ? Am I going to hear his words and do what he says? Because when you do, you find a relationship with the God of heaven. And there is nothing better that you could experience in this life or the next than that. The truth will set you free. I'm thankful that Jesus always told the truth. I'm thankful that he never lied, not even once. And you know what he says to you tonight? He says, you can come to him by believing that he is God's son, that he really is more than just a man, confessing his name. I believe that Jesus is God's son, confessing that by repenting of sin, turning away from the life that you've been living and live for God from now on and being baptized. When someone is immersed in water, they become a New Testament Christian. They become a child of God. They become free in Christ. If you're ready to make that decision this evening, or if we can help you by praying for you and praying with you, won't you make your way down the aisle while together we stand and while we sing.